Welcome to New Money. I'm Brian Hurst. This evening, we're deviating slightly from personal finance to focus on SMEs who often struggle on how to raise funds through government incentive programs. The South African landscape for raising finance is tough for any business, particularly when you're starting out and you're likely to be the sum total of the team. My guest this evening went through the situation of trying to raise funds for a family business and found it to be an impossible task. For this reason, they realised there was a need to understand the options of how to achieve this through institutions such as Department of Trade and, Indust and the Industrial Development Corporation. And joining me this evening, Anya Denzara Raji, Directors of Uzenzela. Lovely to have you both on the show. Thanks, Brian. Thank so yeah, I, I, I know you over the years we've, we've talked a lot on how difficult it is to raise funds. But let me ask you the question, what did your investigations reveal? Well, they certainly revealed that financing within the landscape of South Africa is quite challenging for SMEs and understanding what's required, where and how. So it's funny that after we had actually gone through the process of looking at where finance would be available, we realized 93% of SMEs don't know where or how to access finance. We looked at the different DTI incentives and grants, looked at the jobs fund and various other incentives through various institutions. And it really was interesting how cumbersome and how rigid the processes can be. But once you understand them, you can really unlock a lot of value in your business. So tell me, let's talk about grant funding. What is grant funding and how does it actually work? Well, grant funding is essentially what people know it to be. It is funding that is given towards a business to assist it in its growth and this money doesn't have to be paid back. So it really goes into to helping a business achieve massive growth because they are now able to, to invest in items that they wouldn't have been able to invest or, or in, in, uh, in interventions they wouldn't have been able to invest had they not had that support. But, if, but look, everyone wants funding. They don't have to pay <laughs> back. So then, so let's understand. But there's, there, it's laborious, it's difficult. There's a lot of paperwork. So what does Uzanella actually do in helping small and medium businesses? There's a lot we do, but before we go into that, I'd like to mention it's important to understand that grant funding isn't available for everything. Grant funding typically focuses on capital expenditure requirements. So things like machinery, tools, equipment, factories. Grant funds aren't there to fund land and vehicles um, to a great extent. And they're not there to help you buy shares in businesses. So it's very important to understand what grant funding is available for as a first step. Thereafter, it's important to identify, and this is what we help businesses with, is help them identify what funds do they qualify for, if any, and what do they need to put in place to make sure that they are able to successfully access those funds. And I think what's also important, it's not emergency money. My business has run short. My bank won't give me an overdraft. I now need money because it does take time. It's a whole process. And, and, and so it's really the, the business understanding what they need into the future and how they plan to grow their businesses and where they f get that finance. But obviously the right place to go is, is to use the government incentive programs. So yes, as Zara mentioned, if you're in the correct sector, so if you're in the manufacturing related businesses, if you're producing something, you can really make use of grant incentives to strengthen the valuation of your business and, and make that business really grow. Uh, what we've seen is businesses that are able to perhaps raise 20, 30, 50 million rand of their own capital, but with the incentive of additional 50 or 100 million on top of that, they're able to 
really grow the capacity of that business and create real value in, in growing that business further. So yes, it's not emergency funding, it's strategic two to five year period that you should be looking into the future saying, where's my business going? Where are the opportunities in my business, in my sector? And how do I really capitalize on that? So, so why don't businesses know about it? Why, do, why is this like a, the best kept secret? I don't know if it's so much a secret. Um, I think it's more about the, the perception of this funding. People assume that it's extremely difficult to get, that it's almost impossible to get. The reality is businesses have been very successful with this funding. It's just not necessarily massively um, marketed, unfortunately. And so, the b so businesses don't tend to, to go after it or tend to think, you know what, there's too, there are too many barriers. I won't qualify. Um, it's, it's just not going to work because they hear horror stories. But that's just not the case. There is a lot of money available. And I think that's coupled again with the fact of it not being emergency funds. Correct. So a lot of businesses that do go and uh, try to get funding through the likes of the DTI will expect it to be emergency funds because it's grant funding. It should be there to help my business when I need it, as I need it, and that's not the case. It's strategic funding. Government is taking the fiscus, tax money, putting it back into business to create jobs, to create economic growth within the country. So it's a longer term strategic view as opposed to an emergency view. So when we talk about whether it's a best case kept secret, I think it's because a lot of the, the people who have gone and investigated with the DTI around grant funding have hit a, hit a barrier because they're expecting something and the expectation of the fund or the, the mandate of the DTI is quite different to the expectation of the public. And there's a gap in between that understanding which we, we really do aim to, to fill. So that's what Zanzilla does. Actually, it fills that gap of helping people who require money to grow their businesses actually obtain, because obviously you've done a hell of a study on this whole thing. Oh, definitely. Mm. Not just a study, but practically really <laughs> being involved in it, uh, you know, got the scars in, but we've really managed to, to help a lot of businesses. Well, we're going to take a break. You can also call us and ask my guests anything about it, 011-483-1518. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to New Money this evening. We're discussing growing your personal wealth and business valuation through government incentive programs. My guest Nadia Zara Raji. If you'd like to call us, 011-483-1518. You can also email me on brianh at bhca.co.za. Nadia, let's just talk about the process. I now have identified I need money. Yes. So what is the process? The process is firstly get in touch with somebody that actually knows how to access money. Understand whether you've got the right ingredients to it. So first of all, finding out, do I have the market that I can So these attract? are the key drivers. These are some of the key drivers. And, and understanding these are very important within that process. So contacting a, a facilitator of finance is important to help you actually develop your business plan in line with a particular fund mandate financial institution. So with regards to the DTI incentives, what we do is we unpack a business. First of all, we sit with business owners. Those business owners, they're operational in their businesses. They don't quite know how to explain their business to financial institutions. So pulling that out, doing their financial models, doing their business plans, preparing an application, 
and then submitting that, going through and facilitating with the DTI uh, around actually getting those approvals and then a full claim process thereafter. So it's quite a lengthy process that can take from submission uh, of the application anywhere be between three to six months for approval and then a further six to 12 months to draw down on those funds, depending on your project itself. And that's why you spoke about having a business plan going forward, because it's not about the emergency funds, but it's about understanding how do I grow my business, where, what do I need to yes. grow my business, and where do I find finance. Is there a lot of money available for this? There is. There's a significant amount of money available. I think it's important to realize that government has put aside just over 12 billion rand for, for businesses in terms of these incentives. Um, and almost 10 billion of that is available for manufacturing businesses. So it's not about any manufacturing business. It's about making sure that you've got everything in place, that your compliance is in check, that you've got a real business, that you've got the right team, that you've got your, your market secured. If you have these key ingredients in place, um, then we can, we can start looking at putting together a, an application that, that has a good chance of being successful. So you know, when you look at the government's budget, you look at the end of the year, you see so much unspent money. When you talk about amounts of 12 billion, how much of that is comes the end of the year and it's unspent? Well, it's not 12 billion up until the end of just one year. So that's been set aside up until 2020. So we need to also keep in mind, and from my perspective, if government hasn't spent some money, I don't think that's the end of the world. Rather, they say we didn't have the right projects to invest in or to, to, to allocate funds towards. And in, in a lot of cases, we hope that those funds then roll over into the new year um, and they have the opportunity to now find the right businesses because that's your money and my money. It's taxpayers' money. And we want to make sure that we see that th those funds go into the right hands, into the right businesses. Well, you know, we advertise this program quite extensively and we've got quite a lot of emails that I do want to get through because it's a subject that we don't cover very often. We've got Charles in Nelspreet. He says, do businesses have to be black-owned to make use of these funds? So the requirement typically is for at least a level four uh, BEE certificate. Black ownership, depending on the turnover of a business, may be relevant or may, may not be. With regards to the black industrialist incentive, certainly majority ownership and management control would be required to be black. Now, we typically sit with a client and unpack that, see whether they're eligible for grant funding or not. The litmus test, if I can put it that way, is that if you're in the agro-processing sector, you can look at uh, opportunities without black ownership. In other sectors, black ownership has become a significant driver around accessing grant funding, yes. And then, and then, and then let's assume a business doesn't have that the BE status, you said uh, status four, I think minimum top status is status two or something like that. One, yeah. One. But, but status four, then would you maybe help them develop their business to that stage? Definitely. So we have a really great partner around BEE compliance and consultation, and they are able to help businesses structure themselves for that uh, ownership requirement as well as to a level four requirement. Sophie St. King Williamtown says, when you have been granted this type of funding, do government or the institutions who lent you the money get involved in the business? You mentioned you don't have to repay it. So is it not a loan? Is it an investment in the business? Well, what exactly is the way? So how, do, how, you do, how do you reflect this money? There are both grants and loans. Grants are funds you don't have to necessarily pay back. 
uh, provided you do what you say you were going to do with the funds. You buy the, the equipment, the machinery you say you were going to buy, you um, bring on the jobs you say you were going to bring on, you implement the project that you've been approved for. There are also loans, and loans, of course, do need to be paid back. So it depends on what the right type of funding for a business is. And we usually look at a, a mix of grants and loan funding because grants aren't available for 100% of a project. So while a portion of your project uh, may, be, may be funded via grant funding, a loan is still required to, to come up to your full project requirement size. Uh, when you look at whether or not these institutions then take, um, I would say the question comes to ownership in the business, equity in the business for, for the funds they give. The DTI doesn't look at that in terms of the grant funding. The IDC, for example, the, the Industrial Development Corporation, may look at that, but it's not ideal. It's not where they want to be. These institutions are lending um, or funding facilities and institutions. They're not actually looking to take shareholding in businesses. So, so let's understand this. You know when you, you want to buy a property, you've got to put a deposit down, and the more you put down, the easier it is to get a bond. So if you do get grant funding, does that help you get b borrow money from a financial institution? Certainly it does. And it's a very good analogy, Brian, because the grant becomes, in essence, your portion, your subsidy of what's required in that project. So typically speaking, your family-style businesses, family-owned businesses, don't have the kind of capital required that the financial institutions would need in order to lend against. They wouldn't have that deposit amount of 10, 20, 30%, 40% that a, a financial institution, a commercial bank would require in order to lend them the money to do the expansion that they would require. And that's where the grant funding can come in and really help businesses grow. So what are the checks and balances? You've, got the, you, you've now put forward a proposal. This is what I'm going to do with the money. Yes. I'm going to buy machinery. I'm going to do certain things. I've got certain projects. I'll put that forward now. What, what are the checks and balances that I, I've got to report? Is there regular report backs to the various institutions that lent us the money? Or what do you do? And, and, and they can, can they withdraw that finance? So they don't get the cash. What happens is that it's a subsidy and it's on a rebated system. So the first check and balance is, in order for you to access the grant funding, you need to have spent through your debt financing component. You spend the money, you get the asset, you then claim from the DTI your grant back. And why is that? Because a lot of people have, unfortunately, done the incorrect things with the grant funding. So a lot of these uh, mechanisms have been put in place to ensure that the money goes where it needs to go. Once the claims have taken place, and typically there are about four claims that happen within a project, then there would be regular reporting because the DTI wants to make sure that jobs are still being maintained, there's growth in the economy, and what is the return on their tax incentive money going into your business on the economy? So it's part of the, the reporting that they then do to, to Treasury and to government as a whole. Craig and Janet, how long does it take to get the funds? Well, you've said that it takes, can take anything from three to six months and maybe even longer. Correct. It's just, it's just carrying on pushing and giving them the right information and prepare, preparing it the right way. There's two elements to this. Um, firstly, it's how long it takes for you to get your, your approval. So that can take anywhere from, from three to six months. It all depends on when investment committees sit down, if there are any questions that are raised in regards to your application, uh, do you need to come back with any other information, etc. And then secondly, after you've received your approval, you then have typically in, grant f in, the, in the situation of grant funding, you have uh, three months to, to come to financial close, and then it's up to you how quickly you spend. You typically have two years within which to spend those funds. So it comes down to your project si uh, cycle and, and how quickly you can spend your funds after approval to, to claim them back. Well, we're going to take a break. You can call us on 011-483-1518. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly.
Welcome back to New Your Money. You've just joined the program. We're focused this evening on growing your personal wealth and business valuation through government incentive programs. My guest, Nadia Zara Raji. Our lines will remain open on 011-483-1518 and I'll continue to answer the emails that come in. The, the next email I've got is from, I'm just waiting for Beverly Brackpan. She says, I'm married in community of property and run a business independent of my husband. Will I have to provide personal sureties? Do you have to provide sureties for this money? So on grants, no, but on loans, it's a loan. So whether you're accessing it from a de developmental institution or from a commercial bank, you are going to have to put up sureties. They are going to want to ensure that that funding and that loan is going to be repaid as any financial institution. So we're actually talking about in-community property. Remember that when you're in-community property, 50% of what you own really belongs to your spouse. So her spouse would have to sign in this particular instance. If that is required, yes, it will come into, it will come into play. Yeah, well, this is unusual because if, you, if you're married, uh, uh, A and C, uh, you have different uh, requirements. Email from Roger and Pretoria says, do you help do your business plan? Because I've been to the DTI and that is what they want. And I am having great difficulty because I really have no idea how to put together a business plan. I'm an entrepreneur. I know my product. I know what I want to do. But that's about where I end. And I just can't get funds because I can't put that plan together. That's exactly what we do. We help entrepreneurs that understand their game, their industry, their product, their market to put a business together business plan that can actually get funding against it both to commercial banks and to grant institutions. We look at it and we say what is it the DTI is actually looking for? What are some of the key drivers within a particular incentive, be it the agro-processing incentive, the black industrialist incentive and various others? What are they looking for? What are those critical areas that that incentive is trying to stimulate within the economy? And are we meeting those, those requirements of, of that institution? And we help a business craft that business plan so that both the grant and the commercial institution can understand their business from a desktop in their offices in Santon and in Pretoria. Yeah. So you, you, you help make it simple because that is a great difficulty for entrepreneurs. They just don't know how to put it, they've never been trained how to put a business plan together. And we've found this with relatively large businesses that have been running for 8, 10, 12 years that just don't know how to actually take what they do on a daily basis and put it together into a business plan. Well, let's take our call, first call on the line. Samir, good evening. Go ahead with the question. Hi, ladies. Hi, hi. Um, historically, and I'm going back maybe five, six, even as much as ten years ago. Samir, can we just stop you there? We're having difficulty in, in, in hearing you. Uh, I apologise. Um, have you got your, your radio on or your TV on? Maybe you can just... No, no, no. I know better. TV is off. Okay. It is still echoing. Carry on. I'll try again. Um, so going back up to 10 years ago, the DTI, I think, had a program called MVP. I don't know if that's still around or not. But when trying to apply for it, there was red tape galore. So we hired consultants, possibly similar to what you guys do. And all, all you end up is with stuff in Pretoria being left out to dry and you get pushed from pillar to post. Has that changed um, with your dealings with the DTI? Is the new management in place? People are a bit more jacked up, um, who are clued up, who are keen to help. And then the second question would be that, obviously, you guys charge fees for your services. Um, how does that fee structure work? Um, I'd be keen to, to watch on TV. 
Thanks, Samir. Okay, okay, the first question, you said that 10 years ago it was left out to dry, put applied for funds. Has that changed? That's the first question. So we'll come to the second question in a moment. I think that he, he spoke about the MSAP program. I couldn't yes. hear him too well, yes, but that fund at the moment isn't, isn't running anymore. It ran out of funds about in 2015, so that, that fund isn't running anymore. But what he's experienced is what a lot of businesses have experienced, and it's because a lot of the time the business plan isn't, and the application doesn't meet the, the requirements that these institutions are looking for. And so this is the, the impression that an entrepreneur and an applicant is left with. But in fact, if you have the right ingredients and if you do the things the right way, and if you are able to engage with them regularly, which a lot of the time entrepreneurs are not able to do, and that's where we come in, we engage with the DTI on their behalf regularly, ask them the questions, find out what was wrong so we can address those issues in applications to actually see them through. And I think what is important is to keep communicating with the people you're working with. Absolutely. That they understand where you are in the process. Because uh, he made the comment, he was just left and no feedback. Important to be able to keep going back and let the, let the, the entrepreneur who's looking for the funds, the small business, understand the process. And if they are unsuccessful, at least give them that information. You know, Absolutely. people give positive and negative communication. Yes or no. But they never give neutral communication where they come back and keep you posted. This is where I am in the process. This is the problem I'm having. This is what I still need. And your second question was, how do you get paid? Do you get paid on a success or do you get paid for the work you do? So it's a combination really. We work with our clients. We partner with clients on a risk sharing model. Uh, and it's really about a commitment fee up front. Uh, and then we risk a significant amount of our time with a client and then we do take a success fee on the other end. So we're in business, certainly uh, getting a return for that risk and time that we've put the in. The bulk of your money comes from the risk. From the risk. Yep. So yeah. for us, at the end of the day, it's not about having a volume of clients that we can't have high probability of, of getting through. A lot of our business investment comes in where we spend a lot of our, our business time in assessing whether a business is eligible and SME is eligible for, for grant funding. So stage one is meet with a customer and see, uh, there's no charge for that, it's see where you are just so that you can understand whether there's opportunity or not. Correct. Okay, we're running going to run out of time. Robert, good evening, go ahead with a question. Yes, um, yes, good evening. Go ahead, Robert. I was, I'm involved in the tourism and um, I was wondering if there's any grant funding for the tourism sector, whether you want to expand your hotel, something like that? A great question. Thanks, Robert. Um, at the moment, in terms of expansion funding, there isn't really much available that we're aware of. Uh, we are looking into that and we will find out more. What there is at the moment for the tourism industry is a grant fund that is being administered by the IDC, and that is up to a million rand to help um, tourism establishments generally your, your hotels, B&Bs, guest houses, that sort of thing, to, to go green, so to implement energy efficiency. Uh, and there's up to a million rand on a cost-sharing subsidy available there. So that can certainly go a long way. Robert, may not be a bad, I'll, I'll give uh, Nadia and Zora's email um, out and their website out in a moment. Jack in Houghton said, how does the service differ from enterprise development? So enterprise development is predominantly for what are called beneficiaries, which are typically small black businesses. And typically enterprise development works with very small micro businesses. What we do is termed business development, so works within that whole environment around enterprise development. But it's our services are very niche. 
they're around really providing a bankable document that you can raise capital against. What we find is a lot of enterprise development practitioners in South Africa at the moment are providing business plans that aren't bankable. So they're relatively quick, dirty, easy type business plans that an entrepreneur can do very little with at the end of the day. That's not our model. We really want to make sure that they're sitting with something that, that they so can take So it fits the into the business. I mean, enterprise development is part of what you, what you develop, your, your responsibility, and then also funding is completely separate. Correct. Well, in order to attract finance from external sources, it's important to have a well-structured financial statements. Your investment decisions within a business can limit your ability to leverage finance for growth. Not many know how to access funding through government's institution. It's often laborious and time-consuming, but when you get it right, it's certainly worthwhile. Uzenzela, headed up by Nadia and Zara, have helped certain and many SMEs to raise funds. And if you find this int of interest, please feel free to visit their site, www.uzenzela.co.com. I'll repeat that, uzenzela.com. Nadia Zora, thank you very much for joining me this thank evening. Thank you very much, Brian. Important to note that our program is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. On next week's program, we'll be discussing estate planning and our focus will be on wills. And if you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. I'd like to thank you for watching and good night.